0: It comes like a fleeting memory. Whatever you, Whatever you grab just turns just to dust. Just Like eye contact with a stranger's stranger dream rather crowded. It's a dream that you can't make real. Well, a passing note of a song. A glimmer, glimpse of the shifting sea. Think you saw it, Think you see it, you see it. Oh, fuck it, let's go. Alright.
1: Cheers. Cheers. Welcome to the Shores. Man, I'm feeling feisty. Are you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad. I don't know.
0: Uh, I don't know if I'm feeling feisty, but I'm, I was feeling very like uh, out of it today. Really? Yeah. So I'm glad you're worked up into a fit of some kind. I
1: I don't know if that's good because sometimes when I'm feisty, I just say stupid shit and then I'm like, well, there's more nuance (laughs) to it than that. Like, you know, it's like I probably say things more definitively and I'm like, but there's also eight layers to that. Right. Well, that's the thing that I think I've been feeling, uh, worn
0: out by is like all the layers and having to go into all the layers and every single thing that comes up. And yeah. I think the last couple of days I've
1: just been tired of it. I know. I can tell by our, our, uh, text thread. Yeah. We usually like have like, Hey, check this out. Look at this. Right. You Pretty see lively. <laughs>
0: no, it was like, I sent one thing and you were like, wow, cool. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kamala Harris is the VP. Oh, God, man. Did you hear? You just like glazed <laughs> over.
1: <laughs> don't worry, we're not going to talk about it. Oh, I'm sure we're not. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? I got Biden, Kamala, Trump, and Pence. Pence doesn't really exist. I don't know where he's, he's... He doesn't really exist, does uh-uh. he? he?
0: He exists even less than Joe Biden.
1: Yeah, actually, that's true. Yeah. Well, I think Pence exists... But he's just sort of, um, he's kind of just a mouthpiece for Trump, it seems like. Like, he doesn't really, like, He just more like Trump this, Trump that. Like, you don't really see, I don't really see. Good vice president. (laughs) Yeah. Good vice president. president. You want to treat (laughs) It does seem that way. And again, I don't, maybe the guy's a a good guy. I don't know. But he doesn't seem like he has his own personality, you know. Where Biden and Kamala just seem like. What the hell? Like she just got through calling him a racist, you know, all kinds of other things. And now they're like best friends. It's like, yeah, it's a little weird. I like, I don't know. I heard Pac-Man talk about it and he's like how brave Biden is because and he brought her on the ticket for that when they had that such contentious, you know. Yeah, I
0: don't buy that. I'm not (laughs) sure if it was bravery. (laughs) I'm not
1: sure Biden really had anything to do with it. Uh Uh-uh. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's like it's someone else is like pulling all the strings behind there or something. It feels that way to me. Yeah. I don't know. So you got a narcissist who's all about himself, and then you got this puppet on the mm-hmm. other side. <laughs>
0: yeah. And whoever Kamala is, I, I just don't like. She faded out of the primaries before the even primaries even began. So yeah. it's like, I kind of feel like I don't know anything about her. Ugh. But that's what I'm tired of. Yeah. So it's like, let's go back. You were oh. feeling feisty. What are you feeling feisty about?
1: Oh, I don't even know. It was just more of like. <clears throat> I think I've consumed the least amount of media this week, mm-hmm. and it feels good. See, I I have experienced
0: the opposite. Oh, really? Well, not that I've consumed the most media this week, but I said less. Le, not not very l- low media. Yeah, you yeah. consumed low media. Yeah, I've I've not necessarily consumed more than normal, but this week I have noticed that every time I like go to pick up my phone or go to type in you know, Twitter or something on the mm-hmm. computer, I immediately feel this like foul, like energy. Yeah. And I'm, I need to stop somehow. I wish I could do a media, a media cleanse. Hmm. I just don't know if I can.
1: <laughs> just so addicted. You're like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not even that. No, it's not even that. It's, that. it's that I work. My job is I'm on the computer. Mm-hmm. Well, like so many people, you know, so I suppose I could try to install some software to like block me from anything on un- not work related, but yeah but it also feels kind of scary. Like even when I th- I've thought about trying to take a whole week off of all media, all news, mm-hmm. that chair is super creaky. Is it? Yeah. We'll see. see um, happens. try sitting on it differently. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sit more properly in it yeah. and i will see what happens. Well, but it's like, I'm afraid I'm going to miss something. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm at a movie and I need to use the bathroom, but I can't get up, <laughs> you know, <laughs> It's like, am I going to miss the part where Thanos snaps his
1: fingers? Yeah, and everyone's gone. You come back. Yeah, what, you know? where'd everybody go? <laughs> oh, dude. But it's not healthy. No. Well, it's hard. <clears throat> Again, I think there's a part that you feel responsible to be aware of what's going on in the world. Right. And so I get that. But it quickly can move into something that's really unhealthy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely skirt the line in that area as far as like, what is healthy and unhealthy? Um,
0: well, I think that's the thing that I felt this week is
1: something that didn't necessarily feel unhealthy. Mm-hmm.
0: Start started to feel unhealthy.
1: Mm-hmm. I think for me, it was more frustration. Like, I'm just like, who, who, are, who are these people? Like, yeah. what, what is this? You know, like, <laughs> Whether it be COVID related, whether it be race, race related, whether it be presidential thing. It's like, yeah. The, well, the funny thing about the, what's going on in the world right now is there's so many wild
0: things going on in the world right now, but we have also sort of agreed to the social contract of just like stay at home. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like if I just turned off all my screens and just was at home, everything going on in the world would just go away. It wouldn't exist at all. <laughs> totally. You know? Uh-huh. Yeah, there is that. Which is weird. Uh huh. Um, Man, I'm going to do that. I'm done. Maybe we should do it. <laughs> like, it does kind of feel almost like a TV channel. Like, from mm-hmm. this, this vantage point of, of you know, uh, house arrest or whatever it is that we're doing to ourselves. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like I can just turn the TV off and all of a sudden, you know, don't have to think about that anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's
1: a, that's a real strange disconnect from reality. It is. Because, I I mean, on one side, it's like being aware of the things that are happening in this world, you know, that I think that's that's helpful. And it's like not to be ignorant of, you know, it's like whether it be um, uh, uh, child slavery or uh, sex trade and stuff like that, or, you know, where there are racism or the little boy that got shot in North Carolina that, you know, there's kind of the uh, juxtaposition to a lot of things that have been happening. Um, You know, it's like there's a part that you need need that, that is healthy or good to kind of like, okay, there's things going out in the world that are not good and I needed to step in and make this help make this world a better place. Right. Then there's this line where you go over where it's like, there's just bullshit around every corner. Yeah. And it's like, you don't, you start the sheer volume of it's too much, too much. And you can't do anything about that. Right. And being hypervigilant vigilant is, only sustainable for mm-hmm. a short period of time before it yeah. starts to destroy you
0: mm-hmm.
1: which when we first were, when we, before we started this podcast we were like let's talk about something really positive that's true <laughs> like we want to like kind of like again give you guys some stuff that are exciting and fun or something that's not just the old drivel right now almost yeah but then we ran into the <clears throat> problem that neither of us could think of anything positive <laughs> it really is it's like Just whether it be work related or, you know, family or, you know, it's like, yeah, uh, there's just so many things going on right now. It's just hard to, I mean, I'm reading a good book. That's cool. Tell (laughs) us about it. (laughs) Uh, it's just fun. You know, it's like, I read so much nonfiction that, uh, I sometimes have to go through like a series of books that are fiction and just imagination just run wild and, It's just like, I have so much fun with that, you know, especially fantasy type stuff is always great. And all these characters and they have powers and the struggle, the coming of age and all that stuff.
0: I'm glad you're doing that. I think I need to do that too, because even this last weekend I was sitting down and I had, I'd picked up the origins and history of consciousness again. Um, which is
1: light, (laughs) you gotta say a little bit better. Origins or history <laughs> in a world. <laughs> um, yeah, but
0: I, I kind of... my The part of my brain... The part of your brain that needs to be active when it's um, acquiring new information and learning something, reorganizing its understanding of the world, that part of your brain that needs to be active has been active so much lately mm-hmm. that I was trying to read this book... And I was getting nowhere. I wasn't comprehending anything. Mm-hmm. I was rereading paragraphs over and over again, and it was enjoyable. But there was something that I was like, I need to read something.
1: I need to read fiction. Yeah. There's something about just your imagination being able to, again, uh, we've mentioned Madeline Engel a lot on this podcast and the, the quote that she has about how, why fiction is so good and that you can encounter things, you know, in a fictional world and try things out. Mm-hmm and it's safe you yeah. know and so I, I think that's kind of fun to see it's like this world uh, that this guy creates in the series Mistborn which is really cool is that what you're reading Mistborn uh-huh. Mistborn yeah it's a three it's a trilogy uh, I forgot the guy's name like Robinson or something like that oh I got it right here <laughs> uh, Brandon Sanderson really good a lot of fun so nice yeah but again you get to kind of i mean they're playing around with this idea of this you know evil lord who has ruled over this country for you know a thousand years or something like that and uh uh i don't want to give it too much away but anyways it's their struggle with that but then also they they come into this place where they have to then run these governments and everyone just goes into chaos and everyone's out for their own stuff. And, uh, people are dealing with these new powers and stuff. It's just really great. And it's like, it's kind of like what's happening right now, <laughs> mm. but in a fantasy world, right? You know, so it's kind of fun because you get to play with it. And there are all these different characters that are approaching this from different places. Yeah. And I don't know. It's, it's, it's just nice to, to be there yeah. i think we need it we need that escape into
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's
0: like extra reality like
1: external mm-hmm. reality yeah something outside of our own experience especially when you watch all the netflix specials that you're you can't buy now you're like i need something else well that's the funny thing i i just started tiger king oh god
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think I told you that dog, before dog, the podcast yeah. and you were like, so you finally given up. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because I've, I, I watched very, almost zero TV or movies hmm. for the first several months of, uh, COVID. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, I, I am finally at a place where I just need to watch something. Mm-hmm. You know, most of my evenings were spent, you know, going through my reading, reading list of articles that I had saved throughout the day. And, mm-hmm. Or reading a book or something, um, but man I, I understand that every single person listening to this got on the tiger train Wait. Tiger King train
1: months and months ago. <laughs> that shit's crazy, <laughs> <laughs> which is hilarious because that's that's the show that i I've, I've kind of deemed for myself that if I watch that. I'm in a bad place. <laughs> <laughs> and I've heard some people say so many great things about it, but it's just more of like... It is really good. <laughs> it is really good, I have to say. Uh-huh.
0: I'm only like three episodes in.
1: Oh, wow. How many seasons is it? It's one. It's only one season. Oh, it's eight, one season. eight episodes. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. oh, that's easy. Yeah, easy. It's an eight-hour day. <laughs> it's a work day. It's a work day. <laughs> yeah. So, Thomas, I'm not coming in tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Of fiction is nice right now yeah fiction is nice right now mm-hmm. yeah i think we need to be taken out of our but I, you know i don't feel like there's a lot of room to to do that to dream or to it's almost like uh the difference between being in peacetime versus wartime you know mm-hmm. it's like whether this is perceived or real it's sort of like anyways I, as far as the media is concerned, it's like we have this sort of like wartime mentality and yeah, I don't know what, I don't know what to do with that. Uh, I, some of it feels false to me and some of it feels real. I mean, whether you're talking about COVID and like how, how a deadly is it, you know, it's like we've been, we've gone from 2 million people will die to half a million, maybe this by the end of this year to, right. you know, it's like, what? You know, it's like, it's just, it. you know, and then the, everyone's a racist, you know, to, right. I don't know, defund, not just defund the police, but to abolish the police. All the way to dismantle the entire yeah. system of civilization that we have. Yeah. yeah. And well, again, how much is that just or just at least some people are just like a small percentage of people. Like, Cause I'm hearing like the defund or the, the abolish of police is like a lot of communities, especially poor communities are like, don't do that. Like we need those, we need those people in our communities to yeah. keep us safe. You right. know, I think it was, um,
0: well, I first was introduced to this concept through Sam Harris and I think, the idea came from another author. I'm, I'm blanking on the um, reference now, but something like um, giving the state a monopoly on violence is mm-hmm. one of the most important things we've ever done as a civilization.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's a an interesting one to unpack, but I think that that's profoundly true.
1: What does that and mean? I think you
0: need to open that up a little bit more. Right. So the idea that the state owns violence. Mm-hmm. Not that they use it, but violence stops with the state. That's how I take it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the ultimate escalation of violence will be in the state's hands. Yeah. Um, of course, that can go too far. But to have a contract with the, the state, or in this case meaning the police department, to say, at the end of the day, you win. Mm-hmm. It's like, if I'm going to go up against you, at the end of the day, you win. Mm-hmm. And you are legally justified. Um, and that 's a really good thing because it keeps our societies orderly and peaceful yeah for the for the most part, in a way that like civilization and societies weren 't orderly and peaceful for many, many thousands of years, and for the most part now they are and that 's really good
1: <clears throat> well maybe, so it's, <clears throat> I think we need to unpack that even more because yeah. like I know what you 're saying mm-hmm. and i don 't even know how to explain it the way that uh, I understand like how Sam Harris said that. Yeah. So let's, 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 let's see if I can meet me, me kind of say it in another way. And then you kind of correct me okay. because I think there's, there's think something really powerful idea. with this. I'm also going to
0: try to find who originally said it. Okay.
1: So basically, so whenever you give the state, the monopoly on violence, it means that you no longer are personally responsible for protection. Now, you can have a element of that because we do have the Second Amendment, but that you are not responsible for like your community to defend yourself against another community. Or, you know, if there is if there is somebody who's coming towards you in a violent manner, it's like you reach out to the state in order to protect you. Um, Right. And so it doesn't reside within your home to protect yourself solely. Although we do have that also. I think that's, that's, that's something that's valuable within, you know, with the second amendment is like, you do have the ability to protect yourself, but on a grander scale, we have given that over to the state mm-hmm. to give us that protection. Did I do that? Well, I, I don't, still don't feel like we're hitting it though.
0: Yeah, maybe not. I mean, I think about it in terms of, well, so what does the word monopoly mean? It, it means that, someone controls a market such that there is no more competition. Mm -hmm. So if there is a competition for violence. Uh, Like gangs and and police or something like that. Then violence becomes incredibly bloody and incredibly frequent. Mm -hmm. Um, But to give the state a monopoly on it means that there is no longer competition for it Mm -hmm. and nobody can compete with the monopoly. It's like, you know, who's going to start a social network right now? Mm. How are you going to compete with Facebook and Twitter? Yeah. You're not, Mm -hmm. you know, you're not going to get their, you know, a a significant share of their users. So there's no, so so there could be a case made that they, these are monopolies and you can't compete with them. Mm -hmm. Um, But in, in terms of violence, we give that to the state and the state uses it justly, Mm -hmm.
1: at least ideally. Ideally, yeah. Right. Um, and when it doesn't, it's held to account. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then that's where we have our court systems. We have all these checks and balances within that yeah. monopoly that hopefully that we will get, you know, something of a good. And again, I know there this can be argued, but just, uh, we're also speaking ideally yeah. how this should be. So I think this idea was attributed to Max Weber. Um,
0: I should do some more reading on it before I bring it up again.
1: Yeah. Um, is there anything you want to share with another? I can't really
0: read this and and talk at the same time. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Um,
1: but <laughs> I, I can just talk and you can just research. <laughs> <laughs> talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> so how did we get there? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'm, just, I'm really fascinated in this concept because I think it's really interesting. Like how much that offloads. Like, cause I think of like the Italian mafia, you know, in the early twenties up until the present or even like the seventies or eighties is like, you know, the, the, the mafia or the even Irish or, you know, different gangs and stuff like that would have the monopoly of violence for their neighborhood. Right. And so, but, but the problem with that is, is like if you have a neighboring neighborhood that somebody else had the monopoly of violence, it's like those two, monopolies would crash, clash and usually there'd be a lot of bloodshed, you know, like the, the five families in New York, you know, I used to study all this stuff when I was a kid, I loved yeah. the mafia. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it's like, but the, but slowly through the ages, it's like the state has kind of taken over that monopoly so that we wouldn't have these warring factions, you know? And again, anytime you talk about human institutions, they're imperfect. So it's like, we're not talking about whether the police do it perfectly Um, but, um, there's a certain amount that there are courts, there's other, there's checks and balances where Mm -hmm. if you have like, you know, the Irish and the Italians, there's not really that checks and balance. It's like power wins out, you know, whoever has the most power wins that argument. Yeah. I suppose,
0: I suppose that it is worth having a conversation about what happens when the state no longer has a monopoly on violence.
1: Hmm. Well, that's the thing I don't get. So I want to be I want to be careful here because uh, I think I and also police officers are also th- like the idea of like reform. Like mm-hmm. there needs to be reform. I don't think anybody disagrees with that. Like I think there's some other ways we could do it better, and we've also learned a lot. There's technology. There's a bunch of stuff that we can kind of maybe institute to do some better stuff. Maybe some social programs. Um, I think there's so there's a lot of wiggle room in this. So I don't want to like. So if I sound too far in one direction, I want to kind of temper it with that idea, you know? Um, But I'm kind of getting the feeling that people don't understand what violence is Hmm. and maybe have not experienced violence and like, like somebody who wants something from you and doesn't care, like they're not going to ask you about your feelings or go to a counselor or something like that, you know? I think there's, it's like, we can be pretty shitty as human beings. Yeah. And I, I, you know, it's like the AOC comment as far as like, what happens when you take away the police, the suburbs, go ask people who live in inner cities and stuff like that. It's not, you take away the police, it doesn't become the suburbs. Mm-hmm. And there's some sort of disconnect there that I don't really understand See, you're wandering
0: in the territory that makes my brain Uh so tired right now.
1: (laughs) I know, sorry.
0: (laughs) There is a massive disconnect. And that's not to say we shouldn't talk about Mm -hmm. this stuff. There's a massive disconnect, though, because... What is it that could possibly make someone say a statement like that? That if you remove the police, everything becomes the suburbs. Is there such an idea that everything wrong in the world... Well, first of all, is the suburb an I- ideal place? <laughs> like, I've never wanted to live in a suburb, uh-uh. personally. Yeah. Um, second of all, crime happens in suburbs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But the idea that you remove police and somehow everything becomes, I
1: Utopian. guess she's trying
0: to invoke ideas of clean and crime-free and your kids can go play in the street and Mm -hmm. that it's somehow police that are causing those things. Yeah. And so if we just remove police, then those things will, uh, sorry, it's, it's the absence of police that's allowing for those things. Mm -hmm. So the reason that not everywhere looks like that clean and safe is that there's more police there. And so if we remove the police, then everything will become magically better. Yeah. At least that's my understanding of that statement. hmm I don't understand how there
1: could be a a person who's been anywhere. Yeah. Who could say that. I don't know either. That, that's the thing that bothers me is like, I, I get the idea. Like, it sounds beautiful. Yeah, let's get rid of the police. Mm-hmm. But it's just not realistic. Uh, it doesn't sound beautiful to me. I mean, I. Well, it, it'd be beautiful if we could live in a world without police. Like, that would be the idea. Like, if we had no need for police. We had no need for right. police. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like the. But the thing is, is like it'd be like the same idea of, like, uh, you know, hey, at Medici, we have no rules because everybody follows the rules mm-hmm. and things get done. It's like, but if you don't have checklists and you know requirements and that kind of stuff nobody knows what to do or where to you know step in line it's like so there has to be some sort of framework as far as like what again that's probably not a great correlation or example but yeah i'm gonna have to take that one back I guess the main point was, is like you, you do need some sort of structure. And if someone sets outside of that structure, it's like you get fired or you get written up or you get reprimanded in some way because there's a certain goal that we're trying to live up to. Well, that's just because you're abusing your own
0: power and inflicting undue consequences to push through your own vision of the world, yeah. which, which is solely there to support
1: increasing your own power. It's so good. That was really good. (laughs) Well, I guess in some degree there, there's, I wouldn't really frame it like that, but you know, there's a certain idea that I have as far as, you know, what great customer service looks like and what quality Mm -hmm. beverage is. And there's some things that I believe are fairly rigid, you know, it's like, you can't tell a customer to F off. You know, <laughs> like that's not a good move. You know, it's like, or well, you know, I mean, that's a
0: I, okay. So using the extremes, yeah. my, my previous character review was <laughs>
1: totally.
0: obviously like an extreme characterization mm-hmm. of one point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a great one. So it's not that we establish a structure, and if you step outside the structure, you're reprimanded or you're fired. That's it, it's it is that, but that's too, too bare simple. bones of a an explanation. Mm -hmm. It is more like we are in the service industry. Mm -hmm. And so if you tell a customer to fuck off, then you're going to be reprimanded Yeah, because otherwise we can no longer operate in the service industry. So if you do it a second time, there's probably going to be a more severe reprimand. If you do it a Mm -hmm. third time, you're probably going to get fired. This is not, I established a rule and you broke it. So you're fired. It's, Mm -hmm. Like, there needs to be, there is, I would argue, reasonable understanding of what it's like to operate within a community of people. Yeah. And I'm not sure how far I can follow this idea, but there is a, something going on right now, a concerted effort to destroy reason itself mm-hmm. and say there's no such thing as a shared understanding of what is expected. Yeah. And maybe there's no objective reality at all. Yeah. <laughs> but but when you go out and you live in the world, you encounter consequences.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Whether you encounter no other people or not, you know?
1: Yeah. Well it's the same thing. I mean
0: like So like what's the structure that you intuit out of this? And yeah. what are the rules that you intuit and the consequences that you intuit when you go try to do something in the world?
1: I mean, I think property is a great example of that. It's like you create a business and someone tries to come steal something from you. It's like, what do you do? Right. Either allow them to just take it Mm -hmm. and cause whatever damage they do. Oh, that's just the way it goes. And then you go out of business or you get another loan and you buy more stuff. Mm -hmm. And then somebody comes out and does that again. You know, well like,
0: I think I think that like an employee stealing would mm-hmm. be or or even you yourself embezzling somehow funds from the company. It's like yeah. these these behaviors will cause the system to fail. Yeah. Eventually. Mm-hmm. So we either just let people do what they want to do and let the system fail, and then everybody's out of a job. Mm-hmm. Or we say, hey, look, stealing is against the rules. Yeah. So is embezzling.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So if you do
1: it, then you're out. Yeah. Because otherwise the system doesn't maintain itself. But you have to have something to provide that force. You know, the, the consequences. The, so threat, like,
0: the threat of a consequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
1: like, you know, again, just take the Italian and the Irish type thing. It's like the Italian mafia, you know, it's like. Right. At the time it's like they say, hey, you pay us a certain amount and we're going to ensure this certain, this certain amount of stability in order for you to run your business. Right. And if you don't pay yeah. us the amount then you'll find yourself in a certain circumstance that you're not going to like, <laughs> you're not going to like. Right. So we, we traded that for, you know, over time that the government would hopefully do that in a more just manner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there is corruption and stuff like that. Don't, you know, I'm not going to, but again, there's courts, there's, there's, there's things to, to bring about, uh, Oh, shoot. I just crashed because I couldn't think of all the different court systems. <laughs> but there's a system in place in order to... Not, it's not just one thing. It's it's multiple things that are in place to be able to ensure that that justice will be served. And it's not
0: 100%. There are cases in which justice is
1: never served. Yeah,
0: exactly. But we have set up a system to the best of our ability, mm-hmm. at least in concept to be able to do
1: that so yeah. we can. Yeah. But we still rely on people and people are, are fallible. So right. it's like, it's right. It's like the system is only as good as the people that are. And the system it. can
0: become corrupt. Mm-hmm. And when it becomes corrupt, it needs to be recognized and reformed.
1: Yeah. What you see, I mean, like, I mean, you see all the movies with, uh, you know, the bad cops, good cops, and then there's the reform, <laughs> you know, you kick the mafia out or <laughs> whatever it might be. But that, that, again, that's a struggle that we've been having since the beginning of time, you know? Yeah. And it almost seems like we've been struggling to purify a system that is more and more just, you know? So, so to be able to... And just, it does seem more just. Yeah. Over time. Well, I think it's... <clears throat> I know this is completely arguable, but it's not, (laughs) you know, there is no time in all of time that is as amazing as right now in the United States. Like as far as like, Mm -hmm. um, the ability to seek justice and our systems that are in place, no matter how fallible they are, has never existed in all of time. Right. Which is phenomenal. And it's not to justify any of the wrongdoings. Do you have...
0: Can you give examples to justify that point? Because I, I agree with you, and I've heard that case made really well. Mm-hmm. I can't personally make that case very well.
1: Well, I think that's a hard thing, is because... Like, I can talk about...
0: Um, we've probably even said this on the podcast before, but a hundred years ago, something like a hundred years ago, one hundred fifty years ago, yeah. the average person in America lived on
1: the equivalent of a dollar fifty a day. I think it was like ninety-seven percent of people in today's money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like a ninety-five, ninety-seven percent of people lived on a dollar fifty a day. Right. That amount of progress is staggering. Yeah.
0: Um, I can also say that I know that I think in the year. 2006, or maybe 2004, maybe 2000, I don't know. um, The United Nations committed to half the number of people. Oh, yeah. Half. How do you say half something? Half something? Half something. (laughs) Yeah. Half. Extreme poverty. It's a weird word. (laughs) Half. Half The the number of people in abject poverty Uh in the world by 2020. They accomplished it by 2013. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. A bureaucracy, bureaucracy, (laughs) another (laughs) bureaucracy.
1: (laughs) bureaucracy. (laughs) We've only had one whiskey so far. Say the word (laughs) bureaucracy, (laughs) bureaucracy,
0: uh, got something done ahead of time. I know. That's so crazy. It's incredible. Um, as far as like justice, I can, I, I have, uh, I have no examples for that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think just the, just from even like, um, you know, the 1960s with the civil rights movement and how far we've come to 2020. I mean, it's like, yeah. we were talking about like in the sixties, fifties, it's like you could not, you could only drink some from certain water fountains. Right. I mean, that's fucked up. That's so crazy to, right. You know The Rock, who's like the highest paid actor. God, I love The Rock. I know The Rock is fucking <laughs> badass, dude. Like he should be president. Like, I that's would who we absolutely need to, like, have. vote for Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I um, He's so badass. But I mean, again, like our or Oprah, Oprah's like two billion dollars. Like that lady yeah. owns Maui. Yeah, like it's insane. Like or even you know all the NBA and NFL players. I mean, it's like so we went from like can't drink from a water fountain. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about race, race relations, race specifically. specifically yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, there's tons of, different, no, that's incredible progress. Yeah. Uh, and money's thing not that, just the, the right yeah. or success. Yeah. Success, yeah. But the thing that came to my
0: mind is, um, the concept that you, if you are accused of a crime, you are presumed innocent until proven guilty. Mm. The idea that that is a new idea. Yeah. Blows my mind. Yeah. That, If you were born before, you know, I I don't know the history of Mm. this, but it seems like if you were born before somewhere um, in probably the 18th century, Mm -hmm. that was not a reality.
1: Yeah. And there
0: are places on this world right now where that's not a reality. Yeah. If someone thinks you did a crime, you're guilty
1: Mm -hmm. until you prove you're innocent. And right. that's
0: a horrible situation to be in.
1: Or you even just find mercy mm-hmm. in whoever is the accuser. Like they yeah. might, okay, we won't kill you, but we're going to chop your hand off. <laughs> you know, like I mean, yeah, you're just at the the whims of somebody's, or even that. It, yeah, exactly. Like
0: no justice, no chance for justice. It's mm-hmm. like you just happen to be traveling between two cities on a horse in a, the woods, and somebody comes along and decides they want what you've got, and so they. Like, say, chop your hand off or kill you or whatever. <laughs> Take what you have. There's no evidence. There's no way to figure out what happened. Yeah. You're just gone.
1: <clears throat> You're just dead. Mm-hmm. I guess it just baffles me. I mean, it really does baffle me. And these are this is the hard thing because, you know, it's not that injustice is not still present. And I think that is it's important to acknowledge that. But I feel like we're moving in a place that it could be and is more is less and less injustice, yeah and I think that's part of the part of some of these movements that I'm really behind and excited for is to refine that idea mm-hmm. and to allow more opportunity be more more justice being served, but I don't think it's race related I think it's you know. I just think it's something that we as a people need to hold ourselves to a higher, a higher accountability. And I think that's the the part that I feel like is, is most, um, motivating and all Mm -hmm. that.
0: Well, you also have, um, are you familiar with the term asymptote? So it's the idea that, Um, a line can approach another line. So if you have a a straight line and then another line that's approaching that line, but let's say it's approaching that line and every certain amount of distance it's approaching it um, by half. So let's say it's 10 some number of units away. And then the next measurement it's five. The next measurement is two and a half. The next measurement it's 1.25. The next one. So it's, as it's growing closer to the line, it's growing closer, but always dividing by half. And so it's never going to intersect. Mm -hmm. It will infinitely grow closer, but never intersect. Yeah. Um, Advances in technology are like this. So I'm trying to think of a good example. It's pretty easy to make a 50% 50% move towards s- some some perfect technology when you're starting with the Wright brothers mm-hmm. at Kitty Hawk with their no-engine plane. Yeah. You know, fast forward to World War I, we have biplanes. That was a few years later. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to World War II, we have bombers. <laughs> bombers. Okay? So it's pretty yeah. easy to go from Way far away to halfway, mm-hmm. but by the time you get so close, it's much much harder to make a smaller gain. Yeah. Once you're closer, so the closer we get to being a just society, the more difficult it will be to make gains. Totally.
1: I think that's hard for uh, I think that's hard for us to to understand that. Mm-hmm. Because we still see injustices, and so we want to disregard how we got here. Right. But I think your example was, was pretty, pretty right on. Like that makes a lot of sense to me. Like the closer we, be, we come to that idea. And it's almost like we were wanting to almost scrub it and go back. You know, you think the Chaz chop, you know, the idea of like, what they what was the first thing they did? They made borders. And then they had police officers yeah. in their space. It's like they're recreating the same exact thing because why? Because they needed to to be able to let people in and out and make sure that it's a safe place. Mm-hmm. They needed to provide some sort of stability within. So they need someone to enforce the laws. So it's like, so we don't need to recreate right. the things. We need to start from ground zero. Start from ground yeah. zero. I think that's the hard thing. It I think I think it makes it more difficult where we are right now. Yeah. Because it's the harder work. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the inner work of refining, not demolishing.
0: I think it's a really good point. Is it, it what the struggle as we become a better and better society,
1: mm-hmm.
0: the struggle will be less about policy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And more about personal responsibility.
1: Oh, Man, that's that's intense. It's like growing up. You know, it's like, it's it's easy mm-hmm. when you're under your parents. Here's umbrellas. the rules. Mm-hmm. Here's what you can and can't do. Yeah. Starts when you're young. Very strict. Mm-hmm. And as you grow older, you have more and more freedom, but you also have more responsibility. Mm-hmm. And that goes hand in hand. Freedom, responsibility. Right. The more freedom you have, the more accountable you are to that freedom. And I think that's the hard thing to for us to accept. Yeah. Like we want... Because it also means that bad things will happen. You know, because not everybody is responsible with the freedom that they have. Yeah.
0: Well, bad things will happen. We will never, I mean, like the asymptote idea, we will never get to some society in which no bad things happen. Totally. Yeah. You know, so we're talking a lot about police brutality. Um, In 2019, I don't remember the exact number, but I think it's something something like 50 people were killed by the cops while being unarmed. Mm-hmm. Just sort of a weird metric. It's the closest metric we have to potentially quantifying one level of police brutality. Yeah. Okay. Whether or not all 50 of those were police brutality, it's arguable. We can arguable. talk about that. But yeah. let's, start, let's use that as a measurement. Mm-hmm. 50 in one year in a country of 330 million it's pretty low. So, so how, how easy is it going to be to half that? And then after that, how easy is it going to be to half that? And at some point, we're going to get somewhere where we can't get to zero. Yeah. So how do we, how do we reconcile ourselves with the fallibility of humanity in a way that allows us to celebrate how much progress we've made.
1: I think that's a hard thing because you even get like the idea of minority report, which I love. Uh, (laughs) You know, it's like, it's like this idea of like being able to predict murders before they happen, you know, or predict like police brutality before it happens. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's,
0: but I mean, that movie was a a commentary on warning us against this sort of, it's like anti-progress is what mm-hmm. it is. It's like we if you make so much progress to where you can stop crime before it starts, all of a sudden, well, that's not progress.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is now something new, terrible. Yeah, that you could start making mistakes or it could be manipulated or mm-hmm. you're telling somebody what they're going to do before they have done it. Right. Yeah. You know, Uh, Also, there's a uh, persons of interest is also really good because I haven't seen that one. Oh, it's so much fun. But basically like this computer can tell like if there's a crime to happen, but it won't tell you if the person's the perpetrator or the victim. And so they always have to find the person. They figure out if the person's the perpetrator or the victim. And it's based on like, you know, a lot of their different actions and stuff like that. But again, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's, it gets kind of dangerous a little bit because, just, there's so many ways that that could go wrong, you know? Yeah. And it's like, again, you're also sacrificing freedom for safety and responsibility kind of starts going out the the mm-hmm. window a little bit there too. Mm-hmm. But I think your, your comment about freedom and responsibility, I think that is, that's huge. And I think you and I have talked about this on pretty much every podcast, the last three, about, you know, Statue of Liberty and the <laughs> Statue of Responsibility on the yeah, West Coast. Right, you know, it's right. like... We just, we just need that. I think you know, like somehow we need to take responsibility for ourselves. I don't, I don't know why that is like. A, I think that's something that is is huge right now. Hmm. Like we want to, we want to tell other people how to live and what to do and what they think they should value or are is important, and in some respects, I feel like we're going backwards. Like, like where race is becoming an important thing again, again, it's like, well, I think we were trying to get away from that. And that's different from celebrating cultures and, and stuff like that. Like that's different. Yeah. But I mean, it's like, there's something that we share together and I'm, I'm, I'm just really frustrated because it feels like we're trying, to, we're trying to rip that apart and starting to say, like, no, you're different because the color of your skin. Right. I mean, what's next? Are we going to do that with religion? Are we going to do that with... It's like, I think that's the thing that's beautiful about the United States. It's like, you know, it's like one people. We used to call ourselves the melting pot. The melting pot, Yeah. And I feel like that's starting to like the divided pot. You know, it's like it's like what's your identity? The pinto box. <laughs> the pinto box. It's like, and, and that's that's what you are, and that's who you are, and that's all you are. And it's so much more than that. And I feel like that's something. That's the lesson we've learned since MLK is like we're so much more than that. Yes, that is a certain aspect of your maybe characteristic. You're white, black. Asian, you know, Indian, Native American, you know, whatever it might be, but that is an aspect. And then there's also so many other characteristics that also make up and influence who you are. Right. It's just a dangerous, dangerous thing to do to start boiling it down to such unidimensional, univariant or whatever you call it, analysis of a person. Right. I mean, I think the fundamental
0: idea that, as I see it, well, seems to have been at the center of our... of what is culturally important to us,
1: mm-hmm.
0: even though it was uh, was not always uh, enacted. But that... it isn't the attributes of the individual which gives them... Imp- that, that individual importance. Mm-hmm. It's the very fact that they're an individ- individual. And the interesting thing about the intersectional game is that there is an infinite number of dimensions on which you can play it. Yeah. And so if we play this intersectional game long enough, we will arrive back at that original idea,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is that everyone's an individual. Yeah. <laughs> and there's no set of attributes that define who they are. Mm-hmm. They're simply an individual, unique among a sea of other people. Yeah. And to be valued equally under the law as such.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and again, <clears throat> this is going to take us to another... And we're almost an hour into this, but like I, I feel like there's there are some things that we really need to work on, and I think there's some things that would be helpful. Is like there are some places in the United States that really need development, economic development, or or investment, or whatever it might be, and it, it's not really color related; it's more social economic related. You know, it's like, I think, I think there's some things we could really do that would be really awesome in that area. And I think sometimes we get so stuck on the race aspect of things. It's like, but providing people with opportunity that don't have it, you know, is a really like more of an economical type thing, whether it be schools or, um, you know, there's a lot of things in business that I didn't know. And it took me 15 years to understand, but is available to me now, but wasn't available to me 15 years ago. Hmm. But I had to learn what that is. You know, it's like, like I was just thinking about as I was applying for all the PPP loans and EIDL and, and stuff like that. And there was a city grant. It's like, I've had to learn how to apply for those things some things that used to take me months to figure out a loan like I didn't get a loan until my third shop you know it's like wow that's yeah, impressive it's crazy but the thing is it's like things that would take me four to five months to do now take me maybe three or four weeks but I had to learn how to do that and a lot of those skills are not taught in schools or or you know even in college and stuff like that yeah so when you when you talk about opportunity there's also a lot of work that goes into to take advantage of that opportunity and that's where the responsibility part comes in. Right. It's like if if there is opportunity out there, you need to learn about or be taught what those opportunities are and then it takes work to achieve those opportunities. And so like, again, we come back to the idea of personal responsibility. Like, nobody can give you something. They can maybe coach you and help you and point you in the right direction. <clears throat> but yeah. you can't be given something you don't know how to take care of. Right. I mean, we see that in the lottery. Like, most people, 90 I think it's like 99% of people who win the lottery go broke within five years. Or are, are in a worse position than they were before they won the lottery. Right. I don't know. I just went off on a long tangent there. <laughs> well, and I think you're right. It does it does open up a lot. I mean, Mm -hmm.
0: in terms of, well, I started thinking about schools, not opening back up. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are, you know, what is it that teaches us to take responsibility for our lives? Yeah. I don't exactly know. You know, I think it has something to do with families and parents. Mm -hmm. It also has something to do with institutions. Part of those are schools. Um, I mean, we re- and the decision making that we are engaging in right now, I think, is robbing some people of some really valuable lessons.
1: Hmm.
0: And there's a cost to that. There's certainly a cost to the alternative, whatever that is. I don't know. Um. Yeah.
1: It's interesting, like the idea of. Oh man, you had me, you had me kind of going on something there whenever when you were saying that.
0: Yeah, I'm having trouble following uh, the rabbit rabbit trails tonight.
1: Yeah, but, but but I think that's the thing that makes sense to me. What you were what you were talking about, and I'm trying to grab what that was. But again, it's the idea of like um, that personal responsibility as far as. You know, no, I don't. I don't have it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it's a good time to wrap this one up. I've, I, I want to. I've got something to leave us on. Okay, um, if you're ready. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you had said something earlier that um, reminded me of a conversation I had earlier. So you had said, "We need more room to dream," hmm. um, and that felt really true to me. And, and there's something, it, it, the word dream, as I took it from you, was more like, read a book, read a fiction, mm-hmm. use your imagination, go somewhere extraterrestrial, you mm-hmm. know, it, outside of your reality. Um, but it made me think, uh, you know, the word dream, like we dream at night. It's actually really necessary and important for our health. If you stop dreaming, you become unhealthy unhealthy Mm -hmm. pretty quickly. Um, There's a lot of fascinating things to me about that. But it is true we need to dream, and part of dreaming is imagining possible futures. Hmm. Um, And I was talking to an old friend of mine, um, sort of something about that, and she said something to me like, I've struggled with that in the past with like feeling like sort of focusing on what's good ahead Mm -hmm. means that I have to ignore some of the dark truths of the present Hmm. and that feels not right, irresponsible. Interesting. And I resonated with that. I thought I I've experienced that as well. Um, and then she said, I've learned to, to realize that it's more about accepting Having acceptance and compassion for the way I feel about what's going on now, so that I can essentially project into the future,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I think that that I think it's really important because there's a lot right now. I think what the things that are making us hyper vigilant are stealing from our future in some um, mm-hmm. in some way, future health, future attention even just our ability to sort of project into the future, which is a necessary thing to do in, in which to move forward into the future. Um, so if we get too caught up on trying to understand everything that seems wrong right now, we might actually steal from our own future by doing it.
1: Hmm.
0: So I guess all that to say, find some time to escape, dream, imagine, um accept the fact that there are problems and while you can solve them, you certainly can't solve them if you don't have a tomorrow to solve them in. Hmm. And if you give up tomorrow by focusing on today, that's that's exactly that.
1: Yeah. I think you both you and I were encouraged mm-hmm. about this week as far as like having things to do. <laughs> right. You know? but also dreaming for tomorrow. You know, I think there's, there's I loved how you're, you're saying that. I think that's really cool. Well, we do need, like there's a, I was actually reading about this uh, There's a proverb, uh, I think it's like Proverb twenty eight nineteen or 18 or something like that, but like where there is no prophetic vision, uh, the people lose restraint. And it's this whole idea of like, <laughs> if, you, if you can't see the future or have, or project into the future, it's like, kind of chaos happens like you have to have something that you are projecting into the future that you want to attain yeah Uh, because if you don't have that it's like i think that's part of also fiction and literature is is giving you some um, fodder or ammo to dream and imagine the future the future possibilities. so yeah it's awesome hey awesome salute salute yeah a, yeah we were, we wanted to talk about something really awesome tonight and positive but i don't know if we did it but that was what came out if you're out
0: there and you have something positive tweet us
1: yeah right. or, don't,
0: or don't tweet us <laughs>
1: we don't tweet In- instagram us <laughs> yeah thank you guys and uh we have a, a drink thing coming up soon oh yes a contest yeah a contest and we're going to put a video at some
0: time. So I'm going to throw you under the bus here. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to it. We came up, we came up with this great uh, cocktail contest, which we're going to announce soon. Uh-huh. And we got together and we recorded with, a whole, Allison. with Allison, a whole video explaining it, <laughs> announcing it. And we were all like, great, fantastic. We went about our day the next day. Uh, I was like, Michael, let's, <laughs> let's post that. And he was like, I didn't push record. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So we're going to have to do it again. Yeah. So, but it's gonna be
1: great. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Love you guys. All right. Ciao. Bye. Bye.